over the years, um, and you know, in this industry, especially back about 10 or 15 years ago, the industry was going through a lot of consolidation and mergers and so forth. And, you know, it wasn't unusual to come to work to say, uh, you know, we got new business cards because we just got bought out by this bank or this company. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my parents thought I couldn't keep a job because I was with five different <laughs> companies in five years. I'm like, I'm still at the same Same desk. company. It's the <laughs> same, same, same location, like mom and dad. Right, right. <laughs> So welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, again here with my co-host, Mr. John Jones. And as we continue in our top producer series, we have a special guest with us today, a 26-year veteran of the mortgage industry, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Stephen Katz. Stephen, hey guys. thanks How for joining doing? us today, buddy. Good. Hey, welcome welcome to the show, uh, Stephen. Hey, let's put your thinking cap on, and you're going back now 26 years 26. in wow. the business. Tell us why, what got you in the mortgage business and, and why, I mean, back back then, how, how did you get started? Well, I actually started selling real estate. Um, I was a real estate agent for four years and I liked it, but you know, you only had, I only had a few transactions. Sure. And the mortgage business was faster paced. The loan officer that I liked, um, kind of uh, coached me a little bit about what the business was like, and I seem to be better suited. I like more transactions. 100% agree. And, and speaking for somebody that's done a little bit of both myself in the last 25, 30 years, um, I've sold real estate, and I 100% agree that you just don't touch enough people and see enough stuff. So you think the better opportunity, Stephen, for you was in mortgage instead of real estate? Absolutely. I like the finance part of it. And um, I like the fact that there's a lot of, a lot more transactions. The average loan officer closes a lot more deals than the average real estate agent. Yeah. So, so I got to, I got to know just out of curiosity, 26 years is a long career in this business. <laughs> like what have been some of the major changes in this business over the years that somebody like me who just got in in 2008, would never really understand. Well, I think, um, so technology is the big part of it. Um, you know, technology can be friend or foe. So back when I started, uh, the customer was very reliant on um, the loan officer to teach them, educate them and present their options. Today, there is so much information on the internet. It's so easy for the customer to shop that, um, you know, it can work both for us and against us at times. I mean, as far as the little things, you know, we had the slimy fax paper and the credit reports would have to come off of one secure machine and, you know, stuff like that. Oh, and I think the uh, FHA limit was 140000 when I got the business. <laughs> <laughs> and back then you didn't have DU, right? Like you didn't have oh, automated no, yeah. underwriting systems? Actually, we didn't even have credit scoring. There was a little bit of controversy when credit scoring came out, whether that would um, you know, help us or hurt us. Obviously, now it's an integral part. Yeah, I think the interesting thing about that, you talk about how the industry has changed over a 26-year period. There are things that happen in our business from time to time that we have a tendency to like freak out about. And in the scheme of things, 
it, there, there are minor changes, you know, like I remember a couple of years ago when the CFPB came on the scene, it was like, it's the, this is the end of the mortgage They're business. shutting us down. They're <laughs> shutting us all down, uh, you know, and so, you know, things like that come and go, or actually that hasn't gone yet, but, um, you know, things like that come and we tend to freak out a little bit about, but here we are still resilient as ever and uh, doing well. So Stephen, my, my question for you is for 26 years, something has to have grounded you for this long. Why are you a loan originator in the first place? Well, for me, I really like helping people. I like working directly with the customers. Um, and that really hasn't changed. I mean, some of the relationships that I've built through uh, the customers that I've had, I've had for many years. And um, you would be surprised how many times I get a call Somebody starts talking as if we just talked yesterday and I look them up and I did their loan eight or nine years ago. So um, that's the part that I enjoy. And really, that hasn't changed for me. So so it sounds like you've you've created amassed a, a massive database of past clients and you um, and you tap into that. Right. So, yeah. So my past database is uh, probably 60 percent of my business. Um, just staying in touch with those people. You know, in the old days, everything was either direct mail or phone call. Now, of course, it's a lot more automated with social media, texting, whatever. But um, the, the same thing, the thing is, we talk about the changes over the last 26 years, but uh, meeting people, building relationships, and sustaining those relationships um, it stayed the same. The the uh, business has always been about getting new customers and keeping your old customers. So what were the early days like for you, Stephen? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, did you struggle? Have you ever had a point in the business where you struggled? Absolutely. Where you were, like, where you were wondering, like, is this even the right career for me or anything like that? Well, yeah. Um, certainly in the early years, it was tough. Um, did I ever get to the point where I thought it wasn't the right career for me? No, I don't think I ever got to that point, but there were some tough years. I got in in 93 and uh, we were in a little bit of a refi boom then, so I kind of got a jump start. But then I remember the second year rates went up and um, I was without any business. I, did, I, I was basically starting over and, uh, you know, I had to work on building those relationships. And one good thing is when I did sell real estate, the company had a pretty good kind of general sales training. So um, I wasn't completely new to the process, but it did take a while to build up a clientele. Yeah. So before we get too far into like when you went from, say, average to, you know, amazing <laughs> like you star. are now. Right? Oh, yeah. Right. Um, right. That I, was I gotta, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, the end of the month, you're only as good as, you know, <laughs> the right, next month. Right, right? Right. So I'm imagining 26 years, you've worked in a lot of different models, right? I mean, today yes. in our business, we have retail, we have correspondent, we have broker, you have even big bank retail. Um, have, have you worked in, a, in all of them or what, what's been your primary? Well, over the years, um, and you know, in this industry, especially back about 10 or 15 years ago, the industry was going through a lot of consolidation and mergers and so forth. And, you know, it wasn't unusual to come to work to say, uh, you know, we got new business cards because we just got bought out by this bank or this company. <laughs> yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, my parents thought I couldn't keep a job because I was with five different companies <laughs> in five years. I'm like, I'm still at the same Same desk. company. It's the <laughs> same, 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 same location, like, mom and dad. Right, right. So, um, but yeah, so different. We, we, one thing about the mortgage industry, you know, uh, we have different channels. We have broker, we have banking, we have correspondent. But really, um, you know, there's good and bad in, in all those. Um, for me, I like where I am now. We're a correspondent. It's kind of best of both worlds in my eyes. But um, I have talked to people who have had success in, you know, each of the different channels. Yeah. So um, and, and you've been in the in this model for how long? Well, I've been with Van Dyke Mortgage about um, 10 going on 11 years now. And wow. so, yeah, so uh, and we're a correspondent and I like the model. So, yeah, it's been a while. So when did things really start to click for you, Stephen? Like when did you go from, you know, say, a business that was pretty sustainable to one that was, you know, starting to Driving. grow pretty large? Well, so, you know, the evolution of a, a loan officer, and it was no different uh, with me than most loan officers, is you start to go from that employee mindset to business owner mindset. Mm -hmm. And you start thinking about, you know, um, how do I grow my business, my team, as if I own the, the whole company? And I guess the big change for me was when I hired my first assistant because that allowed me to concentrate on basically the things that I do well, which is uh, talking to customers, putting deals together, and then um, I'm not that great at paperwork. Um, I'm happy to admit um, that's not really my thing. So to have somebody to do that for me really freed up my time. You know, it's interesting, Stephen, we've we've uh, you're the fourth loan originator that we've interviewed um, in this top producer series. And every single one of them has said the same thing you just said, and that's you've got to look at this business as if you're the owner of it. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, we all have like a certain entrepreneurial spirit in us. And um, yeah, we we definitely uh, have to run it like it's our own business. You know, I get a P&L for my branch and uh, you, you know, I don't sign the checks at the end of the month. <laughs> but besides that, I do feel like it's my business. Yeah, that's good. So you, you said that when things really started to ratchet up for you was when you hired an assistant. Yeah. So that, uh, in what way, what did that allow you to focus on? Did it allow you to focus on doubling down your sales activities? Uh, like what, what started, walk us through that a little bit. So um, you t try and compress the time. It's kind of the, you know, with the customer, it's kind of the doctor nurse scenario, right? If you're sick, you go to the doctor, but the nurse is the one that gets all the information. The doctor pops in for 20 minutes or so and does his thing. And so you kind of build on that model where, okay, the things that I need to do is prospect for referral partners and talk to my customers and that I cannot delegate. Um, the other things, as far as gathering paperwork and so forth, um, you know, the assistant helped free up my time. You, you have to spend time prospecting for business. And, you know, it, you can only do that if you have the time to do that. If not, then what you see is the yo-yo effect where a loan officer has one good month where they prospect for the loans, the next month, is down because they're spending their time working on those loans. 
So they just go up and down and up and down. So, yeah. so in units, uh, I'm guessing what five, six, seven units a month got you to that point where you realized that if you didn't get help, you c- couldn't go to the next level. Did you have a mark there or? Yeah, I think you're pretty close. Yeah, so probably six loans. You you need help uh, for uh, new loan officers. I have them share an assistant, and then certainly once you're getting in the eight to ten range, you need your own assistant. So what what is your business primarily made up of today, Stephen? Like I'm gonna imagine like most loan originators, you're probably having one of your best years you've ever had um, in 2020. Um, what what is your is it mostly refi mostly purchase what are you focused on right now so um my business right now is probably 70 percent refis and 30 percent purchases now that statistic in and of itself uh is meaningless because my purchase business is up about 40 percent over last year that's awesome so yeah so as far as the refis go you know you hear loan officers talk and companies say, well, you know, you should concentrate on purchase business, that it's sustainable, refis are here one day, gone the next. But at the same time, if you've been in the business for a while, you owe it to your customer base to service that customer base. And um, you should be doing, if rates drop down to where we're, you know, under 3% on fixed rate mortgages, you need to be doing a lot of refis because you need to be helping out your customers save money. If not, they're gonna call somebody else. What's uh, funny is that um, we don't really uh, celebrate getting refi business from our past customers, but if that past customer calls you to buy a new home, we consider that a home run. So to me, it's still service after the sale and building a clientele. Yeah, a loan is a loan is a loan, and uh, and you're up, your volume's up over 300% because of your <laughs> database, which is amazing. It's insane. Well, I mean, it's a 26-year database, Yeah. right, when you think about it. Stephen, did you start building that database from day one, or did you, like, have an epiphany 10 years in? I cannot believe I didn't build a database. So that is one of the great decisions that I made. (laughs) Of course, there's a list uh, on the other side, but yeah. So uh, that's one of the things I learned from my training as a real estate agent is to build a database. So yeah, I have information on every loan I've closed from day one. Wow, that is awesome. awesome. The advice I give to young loan officers, if you're watching this and you're new to the business, is you've got to build that sphere of influence. So you don't have a database of past customers, but you have a database of people that know, like, and trust you. And in today's world with social media, you know, the average 20 something is in touch with 500 to 1000 people right off the bat. You don't have to be pushy when it comes to selling your wares, whether they're mortgages, homes, or whatever. If the people know, like, and trust you, they'll buy anything that uh, you're selling or, or any information that you give, they'll be interested in. Yeah. And I think kids really have to, I say kids because, you know, they're younger than me, <laughs> but they really, young, young people in the business, they really have to work on putting that database together, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or if they have a YouTube channel, whatever they prefer. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point. I mean, I look back to when I started in the 90s and coming from... N- Outside the mortgage business, my primary target, because I was new to Florida, 
was chasing after my sphere of influence, people that I played golf with, baseball, people who I had met, people in my apartment complex, anybody essentially that I, that I met, yeah. whether it be at the gym, I would add them into my database and, and did quite a bit of business the first two or three years from that database. Wow. That's great. Getting started. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the mistakes uh, loan officers and real estate agents or anybody in sales makes is not managing that database on your own, right? And so, like, we have a great database management tool that we provide to our team, but right. you also should be keeping your own. Right. Right. And I, I think Absolutely. that's one of the mistakes. I mean, the number of loan originators that come to work with us that when we ask them, hey, let us get uploaded into your database, let us let you start hitting it, tell people that you moved, whatever it is, and they're like, what database? I'm like, you've, been in, the, you've been in the business I mean, 15 years, you don't have a database? Right, yeah, I mean, they're leaving a lot of money on the table by not having one. <laughs> I'm just doing uh, some quick math here on, on Steve, and he mentioned 60% <laughs> of, his, of his business this year is from his database, his past client yeah. database. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it's a lot to leave yeah. off the table. <laughs> Right. And it's just, you know, it's easier to do business with people that are already familiar with you. Um, so, uh, you know, another message I, I guess I want to get in before the uh, podcast is over is that the mortgage business, you're, you're always a student of the mortgage business. You know, I'm always learning. I, I, I always learn new things from new loan officers, whether they're top producers are young and new to the business, there's always something to learn. I listen to a number of podcasts myself, and they're not necessarily mortgage podcasts. Mm -hmm. So one uh, that I like to listen to is Real Estate Rockstars uh, with Pat Hyben. And what they do is they give tips, and it's, it's really geared towards real estate agents. But that gives me something to talk about so that when I talk to an agent, I can say, hey, I heard of this new strategy to get landlords to list their homes for sale, yeah. or I learned about how to do this open house. It's really cool during the pandemic. And, um, you know, so you, you, whatever business you're in, you have to learn about your customer's business so that you can better serve them. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I just, cause I know you, I know that you're big on education. So not just podcasts, but also going to conferences and looking for opportunities to mastermind with other LOs, regardless of what their business model or their production level is. How, how about like, have you ever had a coach or a mentor? Well, um, so earlier in my career, I had a coach. Now I guess I've fallen into the um, old dog, new tricks routine. But, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I try and I don't have a direct mentor. I like um, Gary Vaynerchuk. I listen to a lot of his stuff. I like the message that he delivers about um, you know being accountable for everything in your business and about how really um, kindness is uh, so important. It's such a rare commodity in business. And it's something that took me a long time um, to learn is that, uh, you know, service levels as far as customer interaction and so forth in our business and in most businesses, the bar is pretty low. So if you make somebody feel special True. and you yeah. give them, you know, we don't work. Can you imagine if you were working at like a casino in Las Vegas? 
I mean, you'd have to have like a Ferrari on standby. I mean, they have everything, right? <laughs> but we're, you know, but we're like, you know, just a return call and a smile puts you above half the people in our industry. That's sad to say. I was going to say that's so, sad to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So you show a little empathy and kindness towards your customers. And then, you know, that helps also with the rate shoppers and so forth. When people feel a comfort level with you, they're going to be more loyal to you, employees and customers. So what advice would you give to Stephen, uh, let's say a mid-level LO? I, and I would say, by the way, I think if you're closing four or five, six deals a month, you're doing pretty good. In fact, you're better than average, um, like Stephen was sharing. But for that person, that salesperson, that LO, real estate agent, whatever it is, what is your advice for them to get to the next level? So a couple things So that we already discussed. Obviously, if they don't have an assistant, they're gonna need one to get to the next level. Start thinking about the extra things that they can do for their customers to give them kind of wow service. Um, the other thing is they need to really dig deep in their database just because they have their origination system that has a record of all their closings doesn't mean that it's a database that they're working. Um, they need to be in touch with those people. And, um, you know, the, the thing is, is that one trend we see in the industry is even though referral partners are still an integral part of our business and are very important, we are seeing a trend to direct to consumer as far as uh, marketing and so forth. Because of the internet, because the information is uh, so readily available, I think the loan officers that keep their customers close to them are gonna be the ones that prosper in the years to come. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. I you know, I, was, I don't know if anybody here is a fan of the show Shark Tank. You guys watch right. Shark Tank? Yes, okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't even remember what this guy was pitching, but he was pitching a product to the Shark Tank guys and gals, and they were not interested in, in his product. They liked him. <laughs> but Mark Cuban bought his Instagram following. Wow. Right. Right, because it's, it's, because yeah. it's influence. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember how many people he had following him on Instagram or whatever, but Mark was like, listen, I don't really see any value in this product that you're trying to pitch, but I do see value in your social media following. And he yeah. went a little bit deeper. It wasn't just like Instagram. He had some podcasts or you know, some a YouTube channel or something like that. But that just goes to show you, to your point, that whole Consumer Direct um, is becoming a line of business. And, and Stephen, you, you implement social media quite a bit in your business. Um, I try. Yeah, and when, when uh, being 26 years in the business, at some point you decided to do that. What made you decide to do that? And I know you're pretty intentional and consistent with it. I mean, I think you have to have an online presence. We're in a Google world. You know, it doesn't matter um, who you are. People do not order a pizza today unless they read the reviews of the <laughs> pizza shop. So you can imagine if they get a mortgage, they're going to Google your name. Yeah. So if, yep. they bet, if they put in Stephen Katz Mortgage or Stephen Katz Atlanta Mortgage or something, I better come up. I better have a presence, and it better be something that looks good. So, um, yeah, getting online reviews, whether it's through Google or Zillow or in some um, Yelp is popular in some parts of the country, um, it's important to have a good uh, and healthy 
uh, social media presence and just online presence in general. Unfortunately, you know, that's, or fortunately, I mean, that's the world we live in. So um, you really need to uh, be there. A lot of times when I interview loan officers, the first thing I do is Google their name and the word mortgage and then count how many times they're in the top 10. And if they're not, you know, five to six in the top 10, I'm like, well, you know, you're yeah. like a you secret You don't exist. Agent. Yeah. You're well, a secret I, I, agent. I think the, that's a really good point. You know, one of the things secret. that we've started to research here is, you know, looking at our team members' social media platforms. One of the things that we're recognizing is the number of people who work here with a LinkedIn page that it doesn't previous. say they work here. They haven't updated, you know, <laughs> they, they, they haven't updated their LinkedIn profile or, or something like that. And, you know, to your point, people don't buy a pizza without looking at the review or Googling for it. You know, what does it say about your business when you don't have those sort? And I'm not saying like you've got to be a social media rock star, but you should have the basics of presence, you know, pretty, pretty, rock, pretty presence, locked down. Yeah. All right, kind of, Stephen, so kind of in this, we got just a, a few minutes left here. Um, what would you say in the broad scope of things has been the thing you're most proud of in a 26 year career in this business? You know, a couple of things come to mind. You Really, the development of the people that work with me, I have a, a, a loan officer who's really terrific. She was um, you know, closing a few loans uh, a month and, and talking with her and working with her. Uh, I found out that, uh, well, I mean, I noticed right away, she's got just such an incredible personality and an incredible gift to people. I'm like, you've got to get out of the office. We hired her some staff so that she could go one-on-one -on -one with real estate agents. And her business has just exploded. Mm -hmm. And that's just been a joy to see. Um, my assistant who came to me uh, uh, 14 years ago. Wow. And uh, I think I was paying her a little more than minimum wage back then. And now, um, you know, she's reached uh, financial independence. She owns her own home. She's got a 401k. She's got money saved up to send her daughter to college. And just seeing that development in people is just really uh, incredible. And you talk about numbers, if I can just say one thing about myself. So I guess, you know, the money we're gonna make, yeah, we're gonna make a gazillion dollars this year. And, you know, if I look back, there were, you know, three or four, yeah, 2003, I, you know, I was making rock star money and all that. And, but that that's not what I'm proud of. What I'm proud of is the fact, and this is what I tell people when I counsel young loan officers, you have to build a business where you make a good sustainable living for 20 years. So the fact that you make enough money where you, you go to bed at night and you're not concerned about money year after year after year after year, and even if the market turns and we have a 2008 where everything just went to <laughs> excuse my French, um, I mean, you still have enough of, of financial uh, balance in the business that you're doing and the savings you have that you're able to sustain your lifestyle and you go to bed at night and you're not worried about paying the bills. And I think doing that for, for you know, two decades or longer is probably what I'm most proud of. Yeah, that's awesome. Man, that's absolutely awesome. I, I love the fact that your most proud accomplishment is what you've done for other people. For other people. How you've served. I love that. That's really served. what keeps me yeah. going. How you've served other people. I, I yeah. love that. And I think as long as you have a mindset like that, you'll be able to accomplish anything that you want, right? If you give more to others than you take, um, you're going to be in a good position.
Stephen, we appreciate you joining us today. Um, well, in, thanks, anything, Brian and any, John. Thank you, Anything Stephen. else you would have liked us to ask? Um, I think we uh, covered all the bases except for uh, where the President's Club trip's going to be. That'll <laughs> <laughs> be a good one, right? Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. So let me close us out here. Hey, so thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. On behalf of John Jones and Stephen Katz, I'm Brian Lovell. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like, to subscribe, and to share. And if there's anything that you need, please know we're always here to serve.